This is Chris. Welcome to episode 5 of the Sandman Universe Gathering here at the Chris and Reggie channel. Now, if you're following along with us in real time, you'll know that we skipped a couple weeks. Uh, and we did that for a, uh, well, I think it was a pretty good reason. We're just catching up with uh, DC's current output too quickly. And uh, though this show will eventually go monthly, I was just trying to put that off uh, just as long as we could. So we might skip a week here and again just as we catch up. And then when we are caught up, It'll go monthly, but uh, we do have some big news. The uh, While the Sandman Gatherum will go monthly, the whole Gatherum Corner will not be because, uh, well, young animal's coming back. So uh, hopefully we'll be swapping off every other week with a young animal and a Sandman Gatherum come around the fall, I'd figure, because uh, those young animal books start to come out in July, I believe. So we'll let them build for a bit and then start popping them out over here. Now this week, we've got four Sandman Universe books. It's the same as always. And we're going to start with Lucifer number four. That one originally aired on January 27th, 2019. The next one, Books of Magic number four, which originally aired on February 3rd, 2019 on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. And this one is special because it was a Patreon-only episode for them. So this will be the first time you can hear it on, you know, on free radio or free whatever we call the airspace uh, online. Then we jump into The Dreaming number 6. That originally aired on February 10th, 2019, and then we'll wrap it all up with House of Whispers number 6, which originally aired on February 17th, 2019. Not sure if we're going to be doing this next week or if I'll skip another week, but uh, we'll play it by ear, uh, and uh, I, I hope you're uh, you're all still digging it. See ya. segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and this week we got one devilishly devilish book for them what do we got chris <laughs> we got the fourth issue of lucifer and uh, our review copy didn't come with a credits page so we don't have a title for the issue but uh and we also don't have full credits but the cover does list dan waters sebastian and max fiumara and dave mckeg so it's the same team as it ever was yeah we gotta figure yeah yeah, now we open with, uh, if you remember that woman who was looking after Lucifer, the one with, like, the tattoos on her face or the jewels on her face or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, now, she was looking after the Alan Moore-looking Lucifer and uh, wherever the hell they are. We could call that, uh, like, the that we, I think that's the present-day Lucifer, right? That'd be the best way. I think so. One way I to think put that's it, the but, way it's going to be, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but who knows? That's true. I'm not positive. <laughs> could be the future, the past. <laughs> who knows? Uh, anyway, she's trying to make a phone call uh, while paging through that Annulment of Heaven and Hell book that we uh, learned about last issue. Yeah. Uh, if we're not mistaken, and we very well might be, she does appear to be trying to make some sort of contact with Gately House. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not a hundred percent clear. It's, it's not it's, clear. Uh, I think you and I are sort of at different minds about this, but in a way, either way, it doesn't matter because she can't get through. But yeah, uh, it shows like a, it's like it's trying to connect to a phone that's in someone's <clears> head, and, it looks, and uh, it looks like it might be uh, Decker. But it might Maybe. not be his head. It could yeah. be could be just anyone's head, you know. Yeah, because uh, she says there's no answer, and she blames Lucifer for that. Right. So I don't know if she's trying to get in touch with Lucifer, or and he's not answering, and she's mad, or he's somehow blocking this call from going through to whoever. That's a, that's a, yeah. Like I I took it. I think she's trying to call Lucifer, hmm. uh, and we'll see why. I think that in a minute. But uh, but you know, I'm not if if she is. I can't answer. I can't explain why he's not why? up, yeah. so, uh, or why she's calling him. So I, I felt like I have a great reason for it. I just think that. <laughs> now the narration informs us that this woman had died over five hundred years ago, and she has a name. It's Sycorax or Sycorax. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Sycorax. Sycorax is the better way to say it. So we'll <laughs> do that. Uh, we jump back to the mundane world where John Decker is hiding out in the motel room. Uh, he had just woken up, having found himself laying on the floor with a mouthful of blood, and he assumes that he had a seizure due to his brain tumor. He finds this odd since his wife Penny, who had died from a brain tumor, she was dying of a brain tumor before she died in a car wreck. Right. Uh, she never experienced seizures with her tumor. Uh, now, if we recall from last issue, Penny's cousin Robert from Gately House promised to meet Decker here at this hotel at 6 o'clock tonight. Mm. But until then, Decker is going to go out and do a little bit of detective work. Do a little bit, have a bit of a see, as they uh-huh. say. I thought this was silly, you know, him like saying, you know, Penny never had seizures, and it's like, well, tumors react different ways. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, there's no hard and fast exactly. rule, right? It's, it's not, like, not like, oh, well, I have the same tumor you have, so... No. Yeah, it's like, well, is it leaning on anything? Anyway, it, that's a, it was yeah. a, minor, a minor point, maybe chuckle. <laughs> uh, so Decker checks in with a contact at the local police station and finagles his way into their records room so he can do some looking into Penny's cousin Robert before he meets up with him that night. Uh, the files are extensive and not digitized, by the way. Yes. So uh, it turns out Robert Ewell is quite the career criminal. He, uh, Penny was always there to bail him out, though, many, many times, as he's able to find out. This is all new information to Decker. She never shared any of that with him. Uh, John goes to wash his face in the police bathroom and has another seizure, and he's out for about an hour. He loses an hour there. Yeah. Uh, back in wherever the heck they are, uh, Sycorax continues trying to make contact over the phone, but it's to no avail. She's eventually interrupted by the two witches we'd met. Uh, whenever we met them, like two issues ago or something like I think, that. Yeah, one of those. Uh, that's the old crone and the youngish looking one. Uh, they tell her they're there to protect her, which they only just now remembered after seeing a statue. And I believe this is the statue that Lucifer uncovered. Was picking up, right? Uh, yeah. It's the only statue that I think we know about. So Sycorax uh, offers them some tea. 
Yes, we jump back to the Monday world where John begins to stir. He overhears some officers talking outside the bathroom about how there's a warrant out for John Decker's arrest. Uh, he's believed to have been, who've purposely killed his wife, Penny, in that car wreck way back in issue number one. Uh, Decker slips out before he can be apprehended. On his way back to his motel room, he buys a gun in cash from a dude working at the front desk, and he waits for Robert to arrive. I thought that was and with the serial number filed off. With the yeah, what, you know, like who's working at this motel, stuff here, man? Right? Like, sheesh. No background checks. Wow. Uh, now Robert arrives on time, and he is greeted with a gun being jammed into his back. Decker asks what he got Penny tied up in, and also about those monsters, the red-eyed monsters back at Gately. Uh, Robert pleads ignorance. Uh, Decker produces the sigil pendant that Robert gave him last issue and asks what that's all about, and then he passes out. Mm. While he's out, Robert retrieves the gun. Inconvenient, that tumor you got there. Uh, uh-huh. Now we rejoin Sycorax during tea time with the witches, and she reports there isn't even a dial tone on her phone anymore. And this is what, you know, leads Chris to believe, and I think there's definitely foundation. By BB, is this because Decker's unconscious? Is that like... Cut the yeah. line. Uh, yeah, so, is he a conduit of some sort? Exactly. Or, or is yeah. she trying to reach him? You know, like, I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's it. There seems to be a relation there. You're right that when he when he's out, she can't get through. She can't get through. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe the whole switchboard is down. I'm not sure. Mm. So uh, the witches begin <laughs> sharing a tale about the one who fled us, and it says that uh, 30 years prior, Robert Ewell came to Gately House, and uh, we'll have more on that in a bit. Back at the motel, John wakes up and Robert pours him some coffee. He mentions that after all these years, he and John don't really know each other, which makes it all the more odd they keep crossing paths lately. He uh, harangues John for being so ignorant about the things his wife was up to. Yeah, now at this point, our narratives begin to entwine. We've got the witches telling a story, Robert telling a story. It's all the same story. Yeah. Uh, Robert was a thief and an addict, but his addiction was... Magic? Seems like that, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so he came to Gately House, which is described by the witches as being a tightly guarded magical fortress. Now, while Rob in the joint, he came into contact with the two witches, the young one and the crone. Mm. And after they find him, they're not entirely sure what to do with him. At this point, Lucifer, the devilish-looking one, the not Alan Moore-looking one, he arrives, so the past Lucifer... <laughs> And he mocks the coven for being weak and not knowing what to do with this interloper here. And so they remind him that they need a third member. Robert Ewell hears this, and he offers himself up as their third member. Uh, Lucifer tells him that that won't fly, but make sure to clarify that it has nothing to do with him being a man. <clears throat> they, they really seem to want to drive this point home. I think I think for legal reasons, they, they I, can't I, appear to be a, <laughs> an unequal opportunity employer, you know. <laughs> they can't get sued this way. Exactly. Uh, now, Lucifer explains that he's not happy with this goof just because he tried to steal from them. Which, which really you think he'd be okay with, since he is the prince of lies, Since he right? is the devil, yeah. Uh, I think he'd be like, good on you, buddy, but... Uh, also, remember that Lucifer is the one that, that knocked out the third crone, or the third witch. Remember there was some story they told where he, he was able we to get them, her. the young witch, yeah. tricked them somehow, and, and, and they lost, they gained a witch and lost a witch, and that was, they still had like two-thirds power or whatever the heck that yeah. is. So after three and a half days of, we're going to guess, uh, Lucifer on Robert Torture, uh, Penny Ewell arrives at Gailey House to check on her cousin, and the witches see her as... Bursting with magic, damn near crackling with it, they say. Mm-hmm. 
So Penny reveals that she'd sensed that her cousin wasn't she sensed that her cousin was in danger and was drawn here, and the witches ask if she's ever been a mother. Uh, she hasn't, she doesn't have time or interest in answering any more of their weird questions, so she rushes upstairs looking for Robert, and she finds him. Uh, Lucifer has Robert strung up by his veins and arteries. Have you ever seen Hellraiser? Then you know something about what this looks like. Uh, you see he's looking for any sign of magic in his blood, and instead of withdrawing the blood, why don't we just withdraw the entire vein? Sure. Uh, Penny asked Robert if, if, Penny asked if Robert can be saved. And Lucifer offers up a deal. See, the witches need that third witch, if you recall. So she accepts, but then a little while later, Penny makes a call from a payphone outside of Gately House and calls John Decker. And that's the guy she had dated just a few nights earlier. Uh, she informs him she can't see him anymore. She's going to be out of town for a long while. You know, why don't you just say I'm going away for good? Yes. Uh, he, John takes that as being let down easy, but she assures they have nothing to do with him. But then they have like a back and forth. Yeah, a little uh, repartee. Exactly, yeah, and she's seeing that she really likes this guy. So by the end of the call, she decides, F it, her cousin can rot. She'd rather, and she's been bailing him out all these years anyway. She's tired of bailing him out. She'd rather explore a relationship with John than become a member of a coven. No, when you put it that way. Yeah, it's true. It's pretty good. It's pretty easy decision to make. (laughs) Now, and so Robert Ewell has been stuck at Gately House ever since. But then Stingy Jack, and that's that Jack the Ripper lookalike who's Some, been showing up on the fringes. Yeah, right? Jack the Ripper meets like uh, Rag Evil Ernie. Secret yeah. Six meets Evil Ernie. You know what I mean? Like it's—I uh, don't know what this guy is, but all right. But uh, this Stingy Jack appeared, and he made Robert some sweet promises to get revenge against everyone who'd wronged him, and that includes Penny, John Decker, even Lucifer himself. Uh, back at the hotel in the real world, at least we think it's the real world, uh-huh. Robert goes to blow Decker's head off, only it turns out John didn't load the gun. I guess you, you know. You know, he could buy the gun, you can't buy the bullets from the, from the hotel true. guy, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> He'd have to get them without the gunpowder in it. Yeah. Uh, now uh, the fellas wrestle around for a little bit. Uh, we return back to the wherever the hell, and Sycorax realizes that Stingy Jack is behind all of the weirdness going on. And the witches are like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's, he, he was the one who told us to come hang out with you. It's like, hey, so, uh, second, yeah. Uh-huh, a little bit of distraction. Uh, we jump over to the Alan Moore-looking Lucifer. He has knelt over the gutted Blake. Now, Blake is the guy who wrote the annulment of Heaven and Hell, and we saw him strung up last issue. Mm. Uh, Stingy Jack is looking on, and he reveals that Caliban didn't send Lucifer to the wherever the hell, and it's implied... We think that this place is actually a creation of Lucifer's own making, and we flash out into like that room with all the frescoes. So uh, uh, my impression was that they're inside a painting. Possibly, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's how it would manifest in our world. But I definitely, it does seem like he created this town mm. to disperse Sycorax's essence or mind, and the town maybe. is populated by. Uh, souls like Stingy Jack that are like in a limbo state or something. Uh, that's what. That's how I took. It. Yeah, it's it's very it's very. Uh, uh, what I'm not even sure the word I'm looking for here. It's very odd. Yeah. And uh, nebulous of sorts here. But uh, Stingy Jack manifests some sort of shadow insects in order to attack Lucifer, and then he holds Lucifer down and cuts out his tongue. Yeah, it's uh, that because Lucifer is starting to remember the uh, truth of yeah. why why he's there. This is how they. Make him forget. I have a feeling we're going to see Lucifer. Regrow uh, his tongue? Yeah, right as rain next <laughs> issue. But, uh, you know, I mean, remember, don't forget, he couldn't even walk last issue. He would, you know, 
Obviously, and he can no longer regrow his eyes, right? Something like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One eye is still out. So uh, something funny is happening, but uh, this is obviously a like magical world of anything can happen or whatever. You know, uh, sure, no rules. Yeah, unusual occurrences. So uh, this was interesting, though. This this definitely for you know we've been talking about. We're getting a lot of stuff with no explanation. We did get explanation of sorts of a lot of things in this issue. Sure. Uh, almost yeah, was, an, at one point, kind of a page full of info dump. But info dump. Yeah. That's another thing. So yeah, what, what did you think of it, Chris? I, I got to tell you, I like this a lot better than what's come before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is only the fourth issue, but it still feels like it was an issue or two too late. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, I, I think with this information, a lot of the things that we learned already would have been uh, a little bit more satisfying. Mm. Um, a lot of the things we experienced would be a little bit more satisfying. We still didn't touch on everything. Like, I don't know what the hell Caliban is doing. No. I don't know what that bag of bones is all about. Uh, I remember that thing. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, we still don't know. Like, my initial impression, I read this with, like, 102 fever. So I don't That might know. be the right way to do it. I don't know. That it might, might be, because I enjoyed it more the first time. <laughs> but, uh, like, my impression was maybe, like, this Sycorax had something to do with Penny. Maybe it was a manifestation of Penny. I, oh. I, I, I don't know if that's if that's just me wanting to make a connection, because like if Penny wasn't part of this coven, how did she draw the sigil on the window before she died? You know, I mean, I don't know what her connection was or if there's even more secrets we're going to be tipped off on next issue where maybe Penny was like a double agent of sorts where she was with Decker, but she was also sort of. Uh, intertwined with this it coven. It seems to imply that she was doing some witchy stuff while she dated Decker, or, you know, while they were married and together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, Robert was still trapped. But then so they, I don't right, know how, so they're gonna, cousin, how they're going to reconcile that. So maybe that's why she was doing it. Yeah, I think I think that is information to be revealed. Uh, hopefully yeah. next issue would be a good time to reveal it. But <laughs> I, think, I think you're definitely right. We got a lot of cool information here, a lot of stuff that kind of helps frame things that even if we had gotten hints of earlier, might have helped to understand. Oh, sure. Like, for example, that Lucifer is trapped in a world of his own making uh, yeah. without without explaining necessarily anything about Sycorax, who, as far as I, I'm, I can remember, this is really the first time we're hearing all about her. We might have heard about yeah. her once. She was just in the background, like, helping him tend to his wounds. You know, yeah, but you know, I didn't think she would suddenly become this, uh, this the, a focus. the focus and the statue. But, you know, they could have mentioned that Lucifer made this place, and obviously he's trapped there, and... Uh, you know, try to un- unroll it that way. I- I- I'm still having trouble with the Decker story, put- getting a timeline together, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is kind of filling in a little bit more over time. This really strikes me, Chris, as one that's probably going to read better as trade or in it'll, one sitting. It'll only read and trade. Yeah, yeah it'll it, only read and trade. Uh, reading, reading this month to month is rough. Uh, because Does it a great disservice. It's it's a lot of a lot of information to try to keep track of. Yeah, and I do a very poor job of it. But hey, that's uh, I don't review it. That's why I don't even read. I I pay like two thirds attention. That's how there we do go. it over here at the uh, Cosmic Treadmill. <laughs> and even here with the, uh, the like we we complained in past issues that like the panel progression 
is like wonky. We don't know what direction to read some of these yeah. pages. Where here, since this was so information heavy, it made it made the flow go a lot better. It, it made it easier to, it. to digest. <laughs> yeah, it did. It forced the story to be read a certain way. I mean, there, there, there are did. pages that are more or less just reading captions left to right. Uh, oh, for and sure. Balloons, like that's all you're doing. So yeah, oh, yeah. It, it works like a prose book in that way. Just kind of. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you're probably you're probably right. Also, like I. You know, when we when we switch scenes, I wasn't having trouble like I used to. Maybe that's exactly. we're getting used to them, yeah. or uh, the way they switch them. You know, uh, properly on a on a on a verso page rather than on a, on a recto page. But uh, mm. so uh, I don't know. But I did find this to be an easier read, and I, I found it to be a much more enjoyable read. But I'm still a little frustrated at some of the things we need answered. You know, it's just yeah. like. Uh, but I, I'm more interested to know the answers, so that is a very good sign that I'm, you know, getting more interested in the book. Uh, what would you sure. give this on the site? I, I gave it a pretty strong score for for this book. I, I gave it an eight out of ten. Um, I don't know if that was the fever, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what it comes down to is this: this book has no right being single issues. Yeah. This, this uh, if you if you just buy the first issue of this, then you have zero reason to come back because it's not compelling. No. But uh, like, if we weren't if we weren't you know reading this to review, we wouldn't be reading it. No, I wouldn't. It's uh, the first issue was just a miasmatic <laughs> garbage, but uh, or I mean, it was beautiful and uh, thought provoking. But uh, <laughs> this is you can only read this. In trade, I think to get to get anything out of it, and uh, I feel bad holding that against a single issue because I don't know that this writer would have chosen for this to be single issue. Right, right. When they put the script together, um, and like you said, the progression is better. The sh- the the scene shifting is a lot clearer, um, and most importantly, I'm actually curious as to what's going to be in issue five. So uh, I, I bumped it up to an eight out of ten. Yeah, it's definitely a, a positive change in this, but. You're very right that these issues, and even this issue, we're not getting anything close to resembling a full story. You know what I mean? No, it's, certainly it's not. Truly, a chapter of a book uh, to the point where we're like meeting new characters and like new other characters <laughs> from before. You know, it's like reappearing. Like, oh, stuff that would happen in a book would be totally normal, but in a comic, uh, a single issue comic can be jarring. Uh, compare that, for example, to, and again, this is not because it's a perfect one, but uh, the dreaming. Each issue is much more encapsulated while still maintaining a overall story. Although I would say sure. the last one was the least like that, but that's another thing altogether. <laughs> uh, I think I would come in on this. Mm, I could probably push it up to a seven point five. I bet because I did like it better. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold at a seven. Uh, it still needs you know to to become a great. It's the, this is this is a work that's gonna have to be judged after. The first arc, you know, we're gonna yeah, have to look at sure. it as a whole and uh, really tell you whether it's worth getting and reading. Uh, but for a single issue, you know, if the, if this was your first issue of Lucifer, you'd be like, "What the hell? What has happened?" You know, like <laughs> this this is this is this is not a book you can just grab a random is- issue off the shelf no, and follow along. Not. So no. uh, yeah, I, I, I give it a knock for that. I'll give it a seven out of ten. But it's mm. uh, if you have been reading Lucifer, I think you'll find this issue the most rewarding. So far, yeah. so that's that's a nice thing. Uh, next week we do have one book, and then I know we have it because we already have it in our possession. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why I put myself to say it here, but I will say it. It's uh, Book of Magic number four. Yeah, it's the second Books of Magic of January. I so. know. 
<laughs> so we got two this month. And it's because uh, of that, uh, you know, that weird oh, diamond week. We're yeah. having the weirdest fifth fifth week this year that I can remember <laughs> in memory. You know what I mean? Like even oh yeah, even uh, you know, back in the days when they'd have events on the fifth week, there wouldn't be this many comics. A lot of times, you know what I mean? We're getting like thirty comics. It's crazy. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, because they because uh, Diamond took the last week of December off, so yeah. everything got shifted. So the fifth week is moot this what, time around. What a crazy thing, man! What a, what an interesting thing. Like, Diamond just felt like, ah, we don't feel like working that week, so everybody shuts down. We're all screwed. You know? yeah. <laughs> whoa! All right. You got your rent paid already. <laughs> oh, geez, that's uh, yeah, you got that right. So anyway. Uh, so I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? That'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it dreamy. See Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul and faith. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment. Doubt and pain Made damn sure the pilot Washed his hands And sealed his face Pleased to meet you Hope you guessed my name But what's puzzling you Is the nature of my game To the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have one book. <laughs> oh, for <them>. oh. <laughs> what we got, Chris? We got Books of Magic, number four. <laughs> the story is called Library Finds by Cat Howard, Tom Fowler, Jordan Boyd, and Todd Klein, or Klein, one of those. Right. Uh, now we pick up pretty much where we left off. We've got our man Tim waking up at 7 a.m. sharp. And the first thing he does is thank his new owl friend, uh, presumably for keeping his nightmares at bay throughout the night. Yeah. He sends the bird, who we will eventually learn he named Yo-Yo, out the window so his father doesn't get a look at him. Then we have Tim eating his breakfast, it's dry toast, uh, while his father is watching the news. The news report is about the death of that literary teacher, Bartholomew Brisby. Mm-hmm. Tim tells his father that they held a memorial for the teacher the day before, to which his father tells him to uh, be careful out there, you know, because of all the weirdos. <laughs> uh, then, like any good <laughs> like any good anime character, Tim heads off to school with his toast. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's it's not dangling out of his mouth, though, so that's <laughs> That would be the way, though, right? That would be the way. Kind of like lip, uh, lip over the uh, butter, that's the way you yep. want to see it, yeah. <laughs> now, he takes the toast, and he feeds the part of it to Yo-Yo uh, while asking that the owl stay behind because he doesn't want any undue attention at school for being, you know, the kid with the owl. Yeah, you, he you would don't want that get reputation. Harry Potter, you know, hey, Potter, yeah. Potter, that kind of thing. 
I'm surprised Harry Potter didn't get a Tim Hunter chant when he came from the room. I think this guy came first. But uh, at school, uh, Dr. Rose assigns a research assignment, which on the face of it seems a whole lot like busy work. It's like, we're going to pick three things and you're going to put how they're connected. Mm. Okay. Uh, Tim asks her if she's okay because she seems out of sorts. And she says that she is, but he's not buying it and uh, neither should we. Weird. Something funky did happen last issue, right? Didn't she get like... She was like she was like talking to the skull all Hamlet style. Something, something funny was going yeah. on. She's up, she's up to no good, that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, at the school library, we meet the eclectic librarian, Mr. Davies. He's happy to have guests, but he'd really prefer if they wouldn't hurt his books. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys. My elementary school librarian used to say her books were afraid of the dark. You ever get oh, that boy. one? Don't push them too far back on the shelf. Yep. They're afraid of the yep. dark. Uh, mm-hmm. She was crazy. Uh, so Tim <laughs> drops his book bag with that one girl, Ellie, that he's been flirting with. And before leaving, uh, so he can look for some books, so she's watching his bag, which he announces to her before immediately cringing uh, about announcing the obvious. In the yeah. stacks, uh, looking for books, Tim finds the book he's looking for. Only problem is it's like 18 feet off the ground. He heads over to Mr. Davies' office for assistance and a ladder. Davies is a little surprised as to why Tim would be looking for this book in particular, but he tells him he'll be there in a moment to give him a hand. Tim doesn't have time for that. He decides maybe try and magic that book right down off the shelf, which is something that this his jerk-ass bully witnesses. Hmm. Uh, Tim freaks out, although I don't see why his bully didn't freak out. And the, right? the entire lot of books of these gargantuan shelves spill to the ground, which is the which is the one thing I knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, Just like any good anime character. Exactly. Right? It had to happen. Exactly. <laughs> now, I don't know what the jerk-ass bully's name is, and I'm sure they mentioned it, but I didn't feel like going through to, I don't to find out. That. Maybe he's just, you know, a guy. Uh, Mr. Davies rushes over at this, uh, you know, big spill, and he's quite worried about the condition of his books. Uh, the bully informs Tim that he saw what he just did, which he repeats a few more times just so we don't yeah. forget. It's like over and over. It's like, I saw that. Hey, hey, dude, I saw that. <laughs> Even into the uh, headmaster's office, he still tells him, I saw that, and then he threatens to tattle on Tim. To which Tim's like, go ahead, asswipe, what are you going to do? Exactly, you know? yeah. I saw him magicking a book. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it's like, they're going to test your urine then, bully. <laughs> uh, and then later on, we rejoin Tim on the street, where he is joined by Yo-Yo. Together, they overhear Hetty acting uh, kind of like that scary bag lady from Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. She's, like, talking to her, all her birds and stuff. And uh, she, uh, what's it, I was going to call him Harry. Uh, Tim actually heads over there and suggests that they maybe go off and look for some treasures. Hetty is ready, willing, and able, and so they head off to St. Michael's. Uh, we go back into the stacks. Uh, Mr. Davies finds the book that Tim Hunter was after. It's a now bloody copy of Houdini's Paper Magic. This is a real book written, or at least dictated, by Harry Houdini, which includes some how-to diagrams for paper-related magic tricks. Davies ain't pleased, you see. He appears he happens to know that Tim is a boy magician, and he takes the book into his office and writes on it with some weird ink. He also sets a fire in his little trash can, which may or may not have to do anything to do with anything. Uh, he might just like watching things burn, which I can I can understand. I like that. Sure. I think it yeah. is a little bit. I think there's a little bit of a ritual happened here, though, of some. Probably, Some just not kind. very clear. Not clear. Yeah. It's it's it's. I think this is in a way supposed to show the casual. 
nature the of the casual magic. magic. You know, it's just yes. like, oh, let me do a quick magic and then I'll eat a sandwich kind of thing, but that's all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was hoping for some progression between the ink and the garbage fire. Would <laughs> you hope there'd be some sort of a connection? You're right. Or like a, or like something would come out of the, the fire that would, you know, indicate yeah, that like, it was magic. It would have a, a blue smoke, but not that. Sure. That's my impression. Or he's, it's possible. Uh, I really, I, I, I am stupidly don't have it right in front of me, but, uh, I should, we should look to see if it's uh, if he's like One getting of those rid witches? of evidence. Uh, uh, oh, maybe. Because we also had those witches huddled around the hobo fire the past that, few issues. That's why I think I think that's that's something there. But anyway, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll find out. Hopefully, but first we head back to Tim's place, and he's assembling like these little ramshackle action figures. It's you can see them on the cover of the mm-hmm. book. It's like kind of these just piecemeal parts of action figures yeah, joined like, to make humanoid forms. Wooden uh, soldiers, he, like, kind of... Yeah, yeah. And he refuses to use magic for this because he'd rather use his hands. He likes to focus on this sort of thing. And the figures look to be a representation of his family, which includes his missing mother and also his father's missing right arm. Mm. Uh, Tim thinks to himself about a place where he could be safe from the nightmares, the nightmares in the waking world, and recalls having been invited back in the long ago to... The Dreaming. Mm-hmm. And he's invited by the Neil Gaiman-looking Sandman, the one before Daniel. Daniel, yeah. The one yes. that the one that he's usually just called Morpheus, although yes, or all, these names, or, uh, all these names are very interchangeable is the problem. <laughs> they <yeah>. are. <laughs> but it's the dark-haired one. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's the Robert, it's uh, very, the Robert uh, what's his name, Smith from The Cure. Robert Smith yeah. from The Cure, yeah. And it's a very poorly rendered They're one. Very that, bad so. one. Although, you know what's funny? Uh, there, there's a uh, study to be done on renderings of Sandman. Because mm-hmm. they, they really run the gamut from probably some of the, the nicest to some of the worst images <laughs> you've ever seen in comics. Like, there's some that is so bad. It looks, it like, looks so, like a chicken head here, yeah. It, it, it's like, this looks like the, the early Iron Maiden album covers. This is so bad. Like, who is this guy? Like, you know, but uh, it's just funny. It's like everyone does kind of, like, perceive him differently, and that, that is mm-hmm. part of his... Shtick. But anyway, continue. Yes. <laughs> now, uh, Tim decides, uh, hey, why not create a sort of lightning rod portal thingamabob in, in hopes to get in, gain entry into the Dreaming? And he does that, and what do you know? It works. Hey! And, and so, next issue, we're going to go into the Dreaming. Why don't you just go sleepy? I know, right? That's all you need to do. Just go night-night, and then you go right That's to the That's how dreaming. you get to the Dreaming. That's yeah. how usually people go, my friend. Uh, yeah, so this was an issue that happened. It was. It was uh, what, was, what was your take on it, Chris? Uh, well, it was better than the last issue. It felt more substantial than the last issue. Yeah. But uh, I think if this was 18 pages of Tim you know, scratching his ass, it would have been more substantial than the last issue. Possibly. Because nothing happened last issue. Uh, I joked in the uh, review that maybe they knew they had two issues this month and decided just to cram one story between the two of them. It feels like because, that. That's exactly I mean, what it there, feels like. There is just not much going on. Um, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of, like we like we say with, uh, I think we've said this with all the books so far, there, there are a lot of neat trappings there. I mean, I like yes. the idea of him making the little figures. I like him in the, I like him in the library, you know, I, I like the owl. I like the owl. I like, I like that. And if anything, I wouldn't call it a, you know, super development to that, but I, I like seeing the sure. two of them together. You know what I mean? I think that, Absolutely. that's cool. And I like him talking with Hetty, and there's a lot of neat stuff, but just not a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we, it feels like we're, our progression is just, like, molasses slow, and uh, but not nearly as viscous <laughs> as yeah, the molasses. Yeah. That's, uh, that is some slow, slow pouring stuff, that real it molasses. It is. It is. And uh, it's... 
I mean, so the, the mundane sort of stuff with him being, you know, a bully being there, being a dick to him. It, it's, you know, it, that's kind of neat. But it, this is still, and I hate saying it, it's still a $4 book. Mm-hmm. And right now we're $16 into it. And I, I don't think we've gotten anywhere near $16 worth of entertainment. We've essentially gone to a few days of school with a, with a young lad and had some funny things happen around it. But yeah. uh, it's definitely not... Super compelling at this point. Uh, I definitely, I think that you hit it on the head. That it, I don't know if they stretched one book over two, but I think the story is definitely being stretched out and yeah. uh, kind of running in place. It's it's too little story for too many books. Here we are going into issue five. Is the next one right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And now we're we're going into the dreaming, and I get the impression this is what this has been all about. You know what I mean? This is where we've been. Oh, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, part of this book is definitely a juxtaposition between his. Mundane, you know, day-to-day school life, and then the the wacky magic things that happen. But it's been now four issues of that, you know. Really, yeah. that, we could definitely say three solid issues of essentially the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just too much money, and uh, it's it's not a great yeah. thing, I yeah. think. And we're just reestablishing the same facts over and over again. Yeah, it's it's just not 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 nearly enough to. Uh, to, to keep us compelled here, and, but now here we have the promise of something hopefully happening tomorrow. I mean, next month. Yeah. And uh, for all we know, it could be it could be eighteen pages of him walking through a portal to get to the dreaming, and then end with him facing with uh, faced with the pumpkinhead guy. I mean, well, that's almost knows? what we expect now. You know what I mean? That, it's that, sad. That's yeah. where we are. Yeah, we're we're like God. So is the next one going to be like the road to the dreaming, and then the, the yep. end of the sixth issue will be. The he's in the dreaming and so that means that's a whole that's a whole arc essentially that would be an arc like thrown away to me you know but uh we haven't gotten there yet so we don't yes. we can't say what it is and, say uh, at least we have two more issues if this was one more issue then I would say you definitely that's definitely what's gonna happen there's <laughs> no way what are they gonna do like have they opened the next issue him like welcome to the dreaming and all the bounties within they would never do that it would it would be some slog and at the end it would be him like. At the end of a noose with Judge Gallows there or something like that. <laughs> Next month will be uh, that bully trying to plead his case to the headmaster. That whole issue, exactly. Come on, I see them. I see use the magics. Them. Yeah, he's using magic. He ain't supposed to. Uh, yeah. So, what'd you give this on the site, Chris? I, I, you know, I, I usually start at seven and work either way up or down, and I, I gave it a seven five, uh, which is a weak seven five. I probably could have went a little lower, but. Yeah. Uh, I think I was just, uh, I think my pendulum just swung a little too far after that disappointment that was last issue. Uh, you know, it's, it's same way with me. I'm going to, I'm going to go on the low end. I'm going to say seven, but it's like, it's a seven, five. If you're invested, sure. It's a seven. If you're done, <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if you haven't read any of them, it's a nothing, you know, like this is not, I wouldn't, you know, I'm looking at this as this is a trade waiter. Uh, if it ends nicely, It'll, we'll see, but yeah. this is, not working in single issues like so many uh, stories that we read nowadays. It, the single issue slog is just not doing it any favors. Uh, if anything, there's two issues coming in one month that probably did it. That probably is what edged our score up a little bit. Yeah, probably. Uh, we got like a the two increments worth of uh, progression felt like one whole story or whatever. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're gonna leave it uh, at that, which isn't too bad. I don't think. I think that's we're still feeling positive, even though we're sort oh, of sure. like. Grumbling, but I'm grumbling about the price. 
Yeah, know? that's a big uh, that's a big hindrance to. Uh, and, and I mean, we're not paying for it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I, but I couldn't imagine plunking plunking a five dollar bill down, getting change as return in return, and yeah. sitting down with this for six seven minutes. I think like the dreaming is a book. You know, I'd probably buy. Hmm. Uh, Maybe whispers. This one would start to be grinding on me at this point. You know, I definitely would be in the beginning on this, but by now I'd be starting to question my purchases because it's just, for sure it's just a lot of dough, especially if you're trying to buy the whole line. Woo, you just oh. down dough, my friend. Mm-hmm. So uh, we try to feel your plight here at the uh, Weird Science uh, DC Comics.com <laughs> podcast. And next week we will, we should have. The Dreaming number six, although we don't have it yet, so yes, no guarantees, but I'm pretty Odds sure are. Yeah. that is what's planned. Uh, but I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? No, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it uh, dreamy. Hey, yo, it's all love, but love's got a thin line The pun's got a big nine, respect crime But not when it reflect mine, the shit I'm on Is wrong, but it lasts long When the fast one upon to wake up with the stash Going a mad strong, and my cream is fast Smoke the greenest grass, my bitch got the meanest ass And it tastes legit, I don't have to waste A whole case of Chris, all it takes is my pretty face And my gangsta wit, lace the click Cause we all share, it's all fair Like love and war, thug and law with the long hair Big pun, pun, the name that makes the kids run Like smell the bird, it reverse to the mirror Come one, come more. If you wanna brawl, I'm the mighty Thor. Close on the motherfuckers like Steven Seagal. So you're gonna get is your ass kicked up in the cast. Your dad killed your ass. To the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have the flagship book of mm-hmm. the Sandman Universe, the what would we would be led to believe in our comics reading tenure, Chris, mm-hmm. as the conclusion to the first arc. That's how we were trained. Yes. That's how we're trained to understand <laughs> it. Now, this is not, they haven't they listed it this way, but uh, we're pretty sure that this is uh, the conclusion in The Dreaming Number Six by Simon Spurrier, Bilquis Evely, and Matt Lopez. So uh, the book opens up with Dora, the feather eared woman, feeling bummed out. Uh, after being so excited to head back to the Dreaming and recover her lost memories, remember, she was so excited that she left Lucian to wither and die in the last dimension. Uh, she's returned to her tree home to find out that it has been destroyed. All the garbage in its branches, which represented her memories, are go- that's gone. So Dora reverts to her old pal, Rage. Kane is lurking in the shadows, carrying his brother Abel's body, or dragging it, rather, by the feet. Uh, Abel has a fork stuck in his eye. Kane put it there. That's you know, normal brotherly stuff. Sure. Uh, while Dora plans to rip out Judge Gallo's moist bits... Kane explains that Morpheus never gave a gift that didn't have a message. Namely, that you must give in order to get, and you gotta sacrifice something, even if it's her emotional armor. Uh, also, Glob and Mervyn are tied to a nearby tree. I guess Dora did that. I wasn't clear when that happened, but there they are. Uh, Brute is working them free, so they'll be, they'll be done in a minute. 
As uh, Dora tears off in her beastliest mode to attack Judge Gallows in the library, literally like streaking through the sky, right, Chris? This was sort yeah. of like early Flash comics, you know? <laughs> like she wrote a radio wave or something. Kane uh, notes that we all need help sometimes. It just depends on who gets asked. Yeah, so when Dora gets to the library, she finds Judge Gallows. All in his uh, parlor of lucid dreamers with a fabricated helm and staff, he blasts Dora with a green dream energy, uh, which sends her sprawling. Just then, Brute and Glob show up to tell Dora that she ain't real. But remembering some advice from Matthew the Raven, she uh, she goes crazy and hulks out. And we mean she, like, seriously hulks out. Yep. She actually rips Brute and Glob to shreds in her rage. Yeah. She, she takes Glob's face off. I was just like, yep. oh, good lord. And, and that, that's that's all he is. <laughs> Pretty much all he is, you're right. <laughs> now Dora is about to turn her anger onto Mervyn, but he's feeling really sorry about inviting Judge Gallows into the Dreaming into the first place. And besides, his, uh, his head is rotting anyway. Yeah, he's probably not long for this world, so you let him go. Uh, he, he does say, Mervyn says you can't really fix a Milam cascade. That's that lucid dreaming uh, array to us, if you want to know. Uh, so you just wait for the dreamer to wake up, and with all those people Judge Gallows has in rotation, some will always be sleeping and dreaming, presumably, so that's why his power is unlimited, if not weird. Uh, Mervyn then reveals that he was the one giving Dora broken stuff every day at Morpheus's request. He says these things never contain memories. It was a message that just because something is broken doesn't mean it's useless. And sometimes the fix is worse than the break on things. Just like, for instance, say you called upon someone to control your dimension and he turned out to be a miserable fascist. Right, hypothetically speaking, that of course. that could be what what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> now, meanwhile, Kane has dragged his dead brother Abel to that Cubist sculpture we've been seeing. Uh, don't worry about Abel. Don't. Don't worry too much about Abel because he does die all the time, which yeah. is a thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, Cain asked the sculpture to make him the favorite son, and is about to sacrifice Abel in order to do so. But Abel takes that fork from out of his eye and then plunges it straight into Cain's heart. Ooh, and the Cubist sculpture then bursts into a brilliant light that shocks everyone, including Judge Gallows, who sort of floated down from the library to be here. The Cubist sculpture says, let there be order, and then kind of shuts down. Hmm. Uh, Judge Gallows uses his magic stuff, tries to contain the Cubist sculpture. He says his is the only order that will be imposed around here. Then Dora shows up and kicks him in the nuts from behind. Still, he proves too powerful for Dora to handle alone, so she calls upon the other residents of the Dreaming, namely Eve and all the people from the Resistance that attacked Judge Gallo's last issue. Eve uh, forgives Mervyn, and he joins in with them, while everyone else beats on Judge Gallows. Uh, the Cubist sculpture snaps back to life, and it lets out a burst of light that blows everything back, except for Judge Gallows, who stands firm. He says that folks should want a familiar boss over this new thing, and uh, that he provides safety. But Mervyn and Eve tell him that the Dreaming must always have new influences and characters, even if some of them might do harm. And yeah, some of them <laughs> might do harm. So then Dora tells the Cuban sculpture that Judge Gallows isn't real, and the judge disappears with a poof. So that was easy. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, everyone's returned back to normal magically. That was also a Q one, except for Kane, who remains dead. That that is the only bit, uh, the obvious that is still uh, left as is. You know, Abel yeah. is alive. Kane is dead. Uh, the Cuban sculpture says that it's not one of the endless. So that would be dreams, brothers and sisters, the uh, delirium, and 
a destiny, yeah, a, those guys. A yeah. parliament of dreams. Or right, something. yeah. So, <laughs> so it's not one of those. Uh, then the sculpture transforms itself into a silk moth, which it believes to be considered adorable by most. Uh, Dora doesn't think so. We get a look, and it's a giant moth with a child's head, sort of like a like a doll's child's head almost, and cre- really empty, creepy eyes. It's like a Funko Pop on an insect body. <laughs> That's, yeah. And like a detailed insect body. That's a problem. Like, yeah. Too yeah. realistic. Not a cute insect. A very uh, <laughs> hairy, feathery insect. So it's yeah, pretty creepy crush, stuff. Yeah. Uh, the moth informs us that it spawned in the wake left by Morpheus when he left. Uh, the moth figures it's an artificial intelligence and supposes that it is quite insane. But dun dun mm-hmm. So we will find out what happens uh, with that next, but that definitely does feel like the end of an arc. Would you say so, Oh, for Chris? sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, what did you, you think of that, nuts and bolts there? Uh, a little underwhelming. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't uh, I wasn't a fan of her just kicking him in the nuts and calling him a wanker. That was just uh, <laughs> that just seemed like like total Twitter bait. I, I thought it was pretty lame. Um, and then just you know hearing that he doesn't exist and him poofing away, it just very anticlimactic. It, yeah. it just seemed like it's like well you could have done that all along. It, uh, it just didn't feel like a. Uh, it felt like we were building, 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 and then. It just poofed out. It, yeah, it that, that was and well. I mean, the thing is, technically, they couldn't have done that until the cubist sculpture, you know, woke up. Said, and, yeah. Um, but then, then that means that they were essentially in a holding pattern until that decided to wake up. You know what I mean? And yeah. It kind of, it really does kind of drain the life out of the previous interactions with him. Read, you know, yeah. a lot of what we've read. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't take everything away. I think you know there. I I did like. Some of Dora's realizations, although we do kind of tread the same paths over and over again, you know. I was gonna say we've uh, we've gotten bits and pieces of this the whole way, the whole way, or the, at least the second half of this arc. Yeah. A lot of it we have, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the the new information added here, you know, just because something's broken doesn't mean it's useless, which I thought was a nice sentiment and and uh, tied in that you know the the whole thing with her trinkets and why she was getting them and stuff like that. But by this point. Those trinkets, that seems like a lifetime ago, right? You know, you know like <laughs> it does. God, I think it was I think it was three issues ago we saw the tree get blown up or at least at least I two. And, so. Yeah. And Dora hasn't even been in this dimension for for a couple of issues. So uh it, it you really definitely this is not a pick up an issue and start reading at will. You gotta oh, sure. you, you gotta yeah. start from number one. I would definitely uh go there. Overall though, I I did like this. I totally agree with you that the Judge Gallows thing, and even and even this Cuba sculpture thing, a lot of convenient things. We, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why Why does Cain think he he should sacrifice Abel before? I don't. I'm not getting it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There was no hinting to that at the end, besides just their normal, you know, roustabouting. You know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's what they do with each other. So, although yeah. it's only it's always only been Cain kills Abel, so this would have been yeah. the the switch around. But you know, the two of them went into that rift. They had some interaction with the. Sculpture that we don't know really know about, but it doesn't help to explain why now they have to sacrifice one another sure. in front of it and other things like that that I hope will be uh, clarified. It's also funny how the uh, the ancillary members of the Dreaming that aren't Dora and Mervin and those guys have be have like receded into nothingness over mm-hmm. the six issues. You know, it's like the, there used to be quite a little cast of characters. Now it's like even the gang. That's you know, it, yeah. like, who are these people? <laughs> who cares? Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, overall, though, I liked it, and I, I kind of would. I don't know. I'm going to say that I would like to go back and read all these six in one sitting. Although mm. you and I, Chris, know 
Uh, that's time not, is a premium. Not likely to happen <laughs> in the near future, but I, I it's. Uh, I wonder why, why, how it would be received if uh, taken all at once. It might be a whole different... In one goal. Yeah, one ex- kind of experience. So what do you think you would have given it in the fictional world where you uh, reviewed this on the site? I'd probably give it a, a seven. Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah. that, that sounds fair. I went for a, a rare... Uh, you know, I, we don't like to fall in between fives and zeros uh, usually. Sure. Because I figured, what, what the hell's the point? But I, this is a rare time I really felt... This was in between a 7.5 and an 8, and I couldn't land on either one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with 7.8 out of 10. Um, but, you know, it's really, is t- it, to me, it's in between there. I feel like if you have been reading, you're going to get you're gonna get your payoff here to, a, to a, a large extent, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think you get a lot of uh, satisfaction. It's just in the, in the convenient ways that some things are kind of swept away is a little bit of a, of a letdown. But... Uh, you know, it's not like the, it's not like the uh, threads aren't addressed. Sure. So sure. there's that. But uh, next week we have House of Whispers number six, which uh, I have a feeling also should close out that arc. So hopefully we will know what the hell's been going on. That would be nice. That would never <laughs> be nice to find out in the last issue of the arc. Um, but I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? That'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it uh, dreamy. See ya. See, I pick the co- DCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have another closure of an arc, if our training is correct, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. We think so. We think think so. Although, I'm (laughs) I'm less sure about this one than I was about the dreaming, I'll tell you that. But uh, this is House of Whispers number six by Nalo Hopkinson and Dan Waters writing. Dominique Domo Stanton and John Rauch on art duties. So, uh, all right, we're gonna do our best, right, Chris? We're, we are going to. We uh, we've got the uh, we've got the tack boards on the wall with the strings <laughs> and all this do. stuff. We're we're gonna try to decipher this. We really know? are gonna try. Yeah. So, uh, Madame Azruli, we're gonna call her currently Azruli Red Eye, but for our purposes, we're I'm just always gonna call her Madame Azruli. That's how we met her. Yes. But we know that she's got other entities. Uh, and that's who she is now. She's having trouble sleeping, which actually isn't a problem because, as we hear, we learned gods don't need to sleep. But uh, all this internal <laughs> conflict between her three sister selves that we know of uh, is having a negative effect on her. For this reason, Uncle Monday's alligators, who are standing guard over Ezruli, decide not to tell her when they see her Napoleon husband, whose name is actually Agwe, uh, splash into the water below them and dissolve. Yes, and uh, speaking of Uncle Monday, he's off to the Dreaming's library in order to find out maybe a way to 
get out of the dreaming. Uh, he sneaks in through the sewers in his alligator form, which, if you recall, is a uh, is a what an alligator walking upright, wearing a top hat. Basically, in, in this case, he, he's crawling. I think I think he can go stand like uh, the, the <laughs> alligator in Pogo yeah. cartoons, but no, this, he's slinking up the stairs. He's in this slinking one. this time. Now, Uncle Monday looks for the proper book by uh, having them speak their contents aloud. Uh, he's discovered in the middle of the act. Uh, he, he's, they, they catch him, so he grabs two random books and takes off. He smashes right through the glass window of a high tower. And now we learn Uncle Monday's origin story that he has to relive as he runs away. Uh, he was a severely beaten slave from the 18th century who escaped capture and fell in with the Seminole tribe in the area of Florida. Uh, they treated him at their own, as their own. He learned the ways of the alligator, and eventually... All of them became alligators and escaped into the swamp, and I guess he became super alligator. So mm-hmm. that's that's how that happened. Over in New Orleans, some kind of parade and or funeral is happening. Uh, rather than address it, Maggie tells us that off-panel, in between issues, Miss Turtle said someone here could make sense of the pages that the book uh, from that book that Habibi stole from uh, Shakpana, the uh, plague god of whatever. Yeah. Also, also Miss Turtle had to go back to her home planet P.S. she died along the way So we won't be seeing her anymore At least for the Aww. near future <laughs> uh, At the funeral If if it even is a funeral uh, <laughs> The girls are reunited with their father He explains that he was saved from a tsunami By one of these revelers Which we did see last issue Which I guess is why he's here That, that kind of makes a little bit of sense I guess Because uh, that's, who, that's who is here There are all the people that were worshipping Madame Ezruli in the first issue that uh, have been kind of looking to find out where she is, including Alter Boy. He's also he's also there, and he's relieved that uh, the whole family's reunited. Uh, Habibi shows him the pages from Shakpana's book, and at first Alter Boy doesn't want to believe that Shakpana is behind all of this, but he figures that they better get Shakpana right quick and performs this ritual to do so. Uh, Shakpana shows up in the body of one of Azruli's followers, and he's not thrilled. Yes, and as Ruli, meanwhile, snaps awake and realizes that her Napoleon husband has dissolved. She uh, dives into the water to get him, and he's down there, uh, all drowning, uh, and as Ruli suggests that the gravity of love might just pull them together. Then we cut right back to Earth. Shakpana faces not only the congregated people, but the spirits of Azruli's two other husbands that we have met before. That's the hammer-wielding native giant guy and the two-headed snake monster. Mm. So... They attack Shakpana, who calls upon his ghosts for more power. And that would be the ghosts that are congregating in the dreaming, you see. Uh, now they are trying to drain Ezruli's power to feed Shakpana, which I didn't know they could do. That's interesting. I, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even realize they were controlled by Shakpana, quite frankly. I didn't realize yeah, that was a true. thing. Uh, and here's another weird thing. He shoves his <laughs> arms through Habibi and Lumi, which sends their ghosts to the dreaming, too. But because he's touching them, I think, as Ruli can call through them to speak to her two other husbands. Which I Chris, I did think was an interesting aspect, if that's even truly happening. If that's what's hap- if that's what we're seeing, yeah. But regardless, it didn't didn't even do any good. Whatever whatever no. it was did, didn't what didn't work, or they didn't hear it, or they couldn't do anything, so it was irrelevant. It was. Uh, now Uncle Monday shows up, and he he maybe scares them off. Sure. Uh, you know, something scares the ghosts away, and uh, they dive into other people's dreams at this point. Uh, Israeli bemoans the dissipation of her Napoleonic husband, who might have been able to take them all home, 
but he lacks a spine in his current form. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. He's basically like a bunch of goop, goop. that can't be. Uh, it's just like slopping together. Yeah. So uh, Uncle Monday suggests that they use the houseboat for the spine. Uh, he says that someone may be able to help them, but it's not clear who that person is. No, it's sort of implied that the person in question is Maggie or Latoya. Who show up in their ghost forms, but I really I can't say I I don't know who they it's, mean. It's a flip of a coin here. Yeah, and, I, I don't know. And maybe maybe we're not supposed. To. Maybe the, the the person that's going to help them is going to be Superman. You know what I mean? Like you know maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it'll be like a really a crazy reveal. Like I, I'm not I'm I'm so I don't know what he meant by that statement. Uh, as Ruli also says, we need to get back to the ghosts. We need to get back those ghosts that escaped into dreams. So it's a uh, full speed ahead. Madame Azruli's houseboat takes off for. Someplace? I don't know. Uh, her Napoleon husband's face is on the bow of the ship, which is kind of funny. Kind of a Thomas the Tank Engine yeah, kind of thing going on there, right? Uh, so, yeah, so the, the, is it clear yet to you, Chris? Did it clear it all up for you? You know, I, I tried reading this book like three or four times, and yeah. the only time I was able to get through it was with your notes here, um, yeah. because this thing is just all over the place, and... Uh, uh, even now, it almost feels like we're speaking Greek. It really this this is what we talked about early on was that we were getting a lot of esoteric, ethereal Neat things, things, and they yeah. were they were cool. But if we didn't get a frame for anything about them, like why they were happening and what they meant, then it was just going to become nonsense. And that's where we are right now. This is yeah. there's just things happening, and I don't understand most of them. This the the whole thing with with uh. The the uh, Shakpana's ghost. Uh, suddenly, they belong to Shakpana. I didn't know that. The whole like, no. what is what is this like? Uh, Uncle Monday walks in the library, and the books can talk to him. Like, is this? They, a, yeah, they read their contents out loud. Yeah, is, that, is it a that, Disney cartoon, like, or is that is that a thing? Or is this one of his powers? Yeah. That, and that's that's the thing. I bet if we if we looked into it, would be like, oh, he's the patron saint of I don't know book blurbs or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> of, of a flap copy. But uh, we don't know that, so it, it doesn't make any sense. You're just like. Well, if he, if, like, to my mind, if he can do that, well, then just hop on a broomstick and flit right out of here, right? Like, Get on you, and gone, yeah. You obviously have a lot of skills. Um, it's, it really is just, a, it feels like a total mess right now. And it's, it was, it uh, whether this is supposed to be the end of an arc or not, I, you know, again. Who knows? It's tough to say. It kind of has a, it kind of feels like it is moving someplace. But, you know, the, the situation with Shakpana is still in play, still a lot of other stuff. Yep. Uh, I also very much disliked that the whole conversation with Miss Turtle happened well, between, well, outside the book. Yeah, yeah, between between comics and that Shakpana, as we read in the end of last one, he came into the dreaming, but that seemed not to be true anymore. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that that tells me there was some editorial hinky back there. Uh, what do you, what do you have to say now that I've uh, yapped it up all over the place? But, you know, it's like. Uh... <laughs> Some some stories are written to where you read them through the first time, and then you have this big discovery, this big reveal. So then you could read through it again, and everything makes sense. Like, and you're like kicking yourself for missing things. Yeah. But when you're when you're parlaying an entire comic book story on a Haitian mythology that that we're you know we're not privy to, there are no liner notes in these books. Right. We would actually have to go grab an encyclopedia or hop on Wikipedia to get the references here. So. If you're if you're intermingling these two things, you're not slipping anything past the goalie. Yeah. So this isn't as clever as I think it thinks it is. I mean, it's neat if you want to incorporate all this stuff, but 
give us some context. Like you said, frame it for us. Let us know why we should care that these things are happening. Make us make make the light bulb go off over our heads here, uh, where it, with, where without having to go to Wikipedia to find out which as Ruli we're looking at. Right. It just I, seems I, so I, lazy. We shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? No. You no. should have everything you need in your four dollar comic book. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know that 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 may be where the disconnect is for us, though, Chris. Is that we believe that. And that they <laughs> might, they, might, they may not believe that, you know, and I'm just kind of like, well, you know, we are at an impasse there. But, uh, yeah, we shouldn't have to, you know, you might be, you know, if the story is great, you might be interested in doing more research. But mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't have to do that. And I, I specifically yeah. didn't. I, you know, I wanted this book to unfold as just a story and see how well sure. it did. And the, and the most frustrating thing is they have the characters necessary that could help us learn about these things in uh, Lumi, Habibi, Latoya, and Maggie. Yeah, the point of view characters. That yeah. These could be them, but they kind of took Latoya and Maggie off the off the, the field immediately by, you know, giving them Cotard's delusion and having them just yeah. be a couple of sad sacks mowing around all day. And, like, the two little girls, I, th- I mean, to be honest, I think that kind of would have been... Uh, cool, possibly cute, to learn about this through their eyes. Through them, sure. Um, but because it would have been for you know, explain it to me like I'm five. It would have been like that. It would have helped us out. You know, but when we when we finish recording, if I tell you like what's the difference, if I ask you to tell me what's the difference between Habibi and Lumi, you're gonna forget who I'm even talking about. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they, they they barely figure into the story at all. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I think they were gone for three issues and they showed up again last issue. Yeah. And and this time, you know, they become a conduit to the dreaming. Like, really? That's big information. You know that that, that yeah. to me, that's not a throwaway thing. Like, wow, you exactly. There's your connection. So, uh, yeah, it was it was very disappointing. I can't can't really say anything otherwise. Visually, it's as good as it ever was. So, if you ever sure. thought it was good, you will continue to think it's good. I think it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's flawless, but you know, I don't need flawless. But that that's that's not my problem with this. There's nothing visual with it. Uh, Yes, it's, it's all in the storytelling. Uh, on the site, I gave it a five a five point five out of ten. What do you think you would give it in the uh, fantasy world? I I think that's a very fair score because this is a this is a subpar comic book, uh, yeah. especially if it's if this is the end of an arc. I mean, I couldn't imagine paying the what was it twenty four dollars for sure. this or or whatever the trade co- can you imagine buying a trade and getting to that page where the damn boat is taking off to like, somewhere what in the it's hell like, going what is, what on is, like, why did I why did I why is this on my shelf now oh maybe the trade will be oh. annotated maybe they'll be uh... <laughs> it better be it better it, it, you should be have like one of those QR codes you can scan with your phone so you go to like the right Wikipedia page to go. understand a page there you go and then next thing you're on a mailing list for the rest of your life you know for the rest of your you life you want to join the the True church, man. No, I, uh, yeah, I should not have done that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, this, this to me was, it, it really could have been a better learning opportunity. And when I think about it, this is the way a lot of Sandman was written in that there's a lot of references to, I, God, there's so many references to literature, uh, religion, but there's so many that you're going to get some, you know, he casts a wide net. Mm-hmm. So that you're going to have, I think, framework when you're going to know, all right, I haven't read this Shakespearean drama, but I know it's a Shakespearean drama, that kind of thing. Uh, this this is highly specific. 
the, the, the quality of the stories overall in Sandman might have might have made you want to follow up. Yeah. Where this, I mean, this is just stuff happening. This is a music video. You know, this is just stuff happening. It is. It and is. there's there's no no compulsion to do any kind of uh, back end study work. It's, I mean, your your comic shouldn't come with homework to begin with. But this is just. We said it off the air. It was like it, it, there's just so much stuff going on that we're being like baffled into boredom. Yeah, and uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, you, you you get to a point you're just inundated and you're so disconnected from it's unknowing sensory what's going on. With, yeah, it's just also it, not. Uh, it kind of occurred to me today. Where did where did Miss Turtle even come from? I don't even know where why she, she just showed up. She just showed up and Shakpana tried to the, kill her. The, the, the cherry or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh. I'm just sitting there like she's she came and then like she she existed I guess to make let everyone escape that apartment and now she's just kind of like buzzed off you know like she's gone so uh, all right we'll see you someday anyway uh, what, what do we got coming up here we uh, we think we're we're probably we're about eighty five ninety percent sure we got Lucifer issue number five coming out and uh, Lucifer number four was a big improvement on the previous three yeah. so uh, hopefully that this uh, this fifth issue continues that uh, upward trend for us absolutely I, I, to be honest I'm I wouldn't say I'm like uh, you know with waiting I'm not looking forward but no but I I, I, I am curious I'm very curious to see what happens if they can slip a couple of more tumblers into place. This, sure. this could become a uh, an interesting story. So uh, we're pretty sure we don't have those comps yet. Recording this a little earlier, figuring. but we're we're, we're pretty sure they they problem. they haven't missed a date yet. The uh, Sam and fellas, so uh, we have no reason to think otherwise. I wonder if they're going to have annuals. You think they're going to do that? Oh Lord! Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. They could they were, they could have done it last month, but they, they didn't bother. So we'll see. True. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? Ah, that ought to do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it to dreamy. See ya. You need a cavalry squad to battle these gods with apathy rocks. To even the odds, you need cops after me with gas cop. I'm living proof that we're ruling with ease. Cooling with cheese, schooling all you foolish MCs. When they're talking to a chick or popping off at the lip. I'm always thinking about you rappers in a coffin and shit. Scientists will try to document how often I spit. To estimate the average body count with squashing a click. Rappers are getting wrecked through the